listening to Nerds on Film with Roxy Noberry, Sean Moriarty, Gina Giovanetti, and Brian Moriarty. So the new year happened. How was it everyone? is 2019, and the wasteland is still run <laughs> by the orange bastard. <laughs> Anastasia's alive? <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Your accent made me think of uh, Anastasia. Remember the little bat? It make me think of buying people online. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. How was everyone's Christmas? <laughs> Wonderful. Aww. Um. <laughs> Wonderful. No, yeah. I mean, we were at um, Vanessa's parents. Uh, we always kind of split our... We've gotten in the habit of splitting our Christmases. Christmas Eve is with my mom, and then Christmas Day is with... <laughs> Uh, my in-laws, and we did that this year. And then we got home early because we got on a plane and we did Disneyland the 26th and 27th of December. So That sounds like it was busy. Yeah. Uh, The 27th was fucking bonkers. But uh, the 26th was actually not that bad. No kidding. It was about as busy as it was on Thanksgiving, which is Was it as bad? When we went, Brian, was it the busiest you've ever seen it? That, no. Uh, Actually, the day that we went with Katie... Um, yeah, because we couldn't walk anywhere. It was just a mob of people moving inch by inch. Sounds everywhere. like you guys. That was pretty close. I mean, VidCon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Disney had not anticipated VidCon being at the Anaheim Convention Center, so there was an additional like ten thousand people in the park that day that they didn't, they yeah. hadn't planned on. Which was, and I'm sure that the fire department hadn't planned on either. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Disney has a counter, and when they get close to capacity, they stop letting new people in. So if your ticket has been scanned for the day, you're good. But if you have a one-day, one-park ticket, and you scanned it for Disneyland, or you were planning to go to Disneyland, they're like, sorry, we can't let you in. You can either go to California Adventure, or you can come back later. Um, Usually, the capacity uh, status is temporary. It's usually no more than a couple hours, because then people are like, fuck, let's get the fuck out of here. Mm, Let's go to Legoland, bro. No, usually what they do is the people (laughs) who have multi-park tickets, multi-day or park opera tickets, were just like, okay, we're going to go to California Adventure for a bit. Yeah. Which is much be- better designed for crowds. Well, to be because honest. it was designed after they understood how popular everything was going yeah, to be. Yeah. <laughs> th- there's really only like one part which is just n- a nightmare, and it's along the Rivers of America because it's yeah. so narrow. Yeah. Um, yep. So, New Orleans Square, Rivers of America, which is right by, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion. So, it's by like two of the most popular attractions. And it's just, it's that part's a nightmare. But if you walk on the pavement that's closest to the shore, you're usually. Pretty smooth sailing um, from there. We're know. going into a lot of Disney secrets about well, how Well, the only thing that's kind of uh, a pain right now in California Adventure is that uh, the former Bugs Land area is now all blocked off, and there's a big wall that says Stark Industries. That's right, yeah. And yeah, yeah, because that's where the Marvel Park is going. That Marvel Land is, is going. That is fucking awesome! Yeah, it's very, very exciting. Oh my god, um, I saw that preview for Star Wars Land on the um, Disneyland parade. Oh yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but, but here's the cool part. So we were on, you know the Mark Twain? The uh, yeah. For those who don't know, the Disney agnostics. Uh, <laughs> it, is the, uh, it is the steamboat that yes. you go around the rivers of America in. So we were waiting to go on, and then the skipper comes out and says, Hey, I need, I need a party of two. And Vanessa's like, whoop. <laughs> so we got to go, we went to go into the wheelhouse, which is the area that only a very few select people get to go into. And we got to like blow the horn and ring the bell. What and hold, dirty, and horrible things did you do at Disneyland to get up there? You can't be giving people hand jobs to get perched up on top of the riverboat at Don't Disneyland. tell me what I can and cannot do, sir. <laughs> Limitless. Okay. Oh, that's um, funny. 
So anyway, we went on. And the cool part is because you're very high up, you actually get a very good view of Galaxy's Edge, which is nearly complete. Like all the rock formations for Crate or whatever, whatever, and it's not Crate, whatever planet it is, um, are complete pretty much. So Mm -hmm. it looks kind of like just a color change from Big Thunder Mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can see a lot of what's going on. And it's, it's pretty much done architecturally. Then they'll be like landscaping it and then doing all the... Furnishments, because yeah. we're we're six months the away. Accoutrement. That's Accoutrement. right. It's coming exactly. up in the summer 2019. So it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing that sucks about DCA with Marvel Land being un- under construction, whatever they're going to call it. Um, but Marvel Land sounds fun. Um, <laughs> is Bugs Land was a huge vein to get to circumvent um, that walkway that goes toward um, Pixar Pier, so oh. you can kind of cut through there and go into Hollywood Studios and get to Guardians of the Galaxy and, and stuff. So if they don't do like a Hall of Presidents thing with an animatronic Stan Lee that talks to people. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to do Hall of Avengers is what they're going to do. That's awesome. That'd be hilarious. That would be sweet. Or are you just (laughs) suggesting that? Uh, That's my suggestion. (laughs) But I mean, a holographic Stan Lee showing up up. there. Excelsior. Greetings, true believers. (laughs) Welcome to the Hall of Avengers. (laughs) Um, <laughs> Brian, I think you just created yourself another a new character for Nerdonomy. <laughs> Ghost of Stanley. Yeah. And uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Roxy Noberry. And I'm Sean Moriarty. I've been gone. I apologize. And who else is here today? <laughs> Me. Oh, my name. It's the voice Vanessa of Scotty. Vanessa <laughs> Alvarez Moriarty. Yay. My name is Vanessa. <laughs> Hello. She sounded like Danny Torrance all of a sudden. Danny's not here right now, Mrs. Bam. Torrance. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. You guys want to know my Christmas Day story? Yes, sure. <laughs> um, it involves a nondescript park in the middle of uh, a nondescript town and a very I feel famous. Like hand jobs are a theme today already. Wait, what? <laughs> nondescript park, nondescript town, and then what happened? A major celebrity. A major? You ran into a major celebrity? Oh, that's right. You told us about this. Who, I did. Who, who, no, I didn't hear this. Who did you run into? Yeah. Dude, me and my family met Lucy Liu. Oh yeah. shit, that's right. No, that's <laughs> right. You did tell me this. Day. Yeah. It was so crazy. Okay, so Roxy, you can say the name of the park. It's not like she's still there and someone's gonna run and stab her if you give away her location. <laughs> look, no one look, no one is so for those who maybe don't remember, because we've only said it like a million fucking times, um, Nerds on Film is based in San Jose, California. Yeah. And so Lucy Liu noted. Charlie's Angel and other astute Kill film. Bill. Kill Bill. Fucking. Uh, well, lots of other yes, movies. Ali McBeal, of course, was Kill her Bill. breakout. Ali McBeal. Show. She's element. Yeah, um, she's elementary. a San Jose native, actually. So thought, and That's it, so funny, though, because there's no. Like, I Googled the shit out of it, and I can't find much ev- evidence about her San Jose links. I know that she. From well, this is going back a bit. So again, okay. memory is not reliable. Yeah. But I do remember her getting like her one of her professional like starts uh-huh. at San Jose Rep. No yep, that's back true. When it, when back when it was still around. Really? I saw her yeah. picture. San Jose Rep. For those who don't know, guys, it's a defunct <gasps> union. It was a defunct union theater company uh, that unfortunately folded about five years ago. Did um, it? But it did pull some major celebrities in. They had Vanessa Redgrave. They had wow. Holly Hunter come and do shows there. Uh, the that Jose dude Vince, scene. what's his name from uh, Mad Men? Oh yeah, Vincent Price. No, not Vincent. Yes, no, Vincent what? Price. <laughs> he came back from the dead after twenty no, years. No, Vincent fucking to perform. Price. It's no, 
guy. It's oh, it's not Vincent D'Onofrio. No, no, it's Vincent not Vincent D'Onofrio. We no, have phones, people. This is unexcusable. <laughs> Googling it. Give me a fucking second. Oh, yeah, Roxy's usually Roxy's He's the, one the guy with the married iPad. to Alexis Bledel. That's how I know who it yeah. is. But you guys hopefully know who I'm talking about. Yes, I understand. Oh, oh speaking of celebrities, Vincent today, As I'm coming to the podcast, my wife texts me and she goes, "Some guy <laughs> is here, and people say you would care about him. He's at Steamworks at the bar." And I was like, "Well, who is it?" She goes, "Matt Matt Williams." And I was like, "Who's Matt Williams?" And she's like, "No, not Matt. I th- it's like Tate Williams." And I was like. The Phantoms Treat Williams is oh at the God. bar. And she goes, yeah, Treat Williams. That's it. The Deep Rising guy. And I was like, oh, my God. Tell hey. him I loved him in the Phantom. Nice. Hey, man. And he'll hate hey you man. forever. If the cash is there, we do not care. <laughs> Wait, let me let me finish my Lucy Lou story. Okay, okay sorry, sorry. So I'm there at this park. It's by this uh, elementary school near our house. And uh, we're just playing around, and my dog is just running around and, you know, doing his own thing. And we've got a bunch of kids with us, too, because we've got family and friends as well. And everyone is just doing their own thing. And sure enough, there is this petite woman with a friend of hers coming to sit at one of the jungle gym like parts of the jungle gym and she's like practically like sitting in the slide like she's just chilling and i'm like okay cool they're sitting oddly like close to i mean i i, I, I guess i don't know many adults who like sit in jungle gyms you know what i mean like and, or let alone sit in the middle of slides yeah yeah just having to sit because and i do. i'm walking around i sit in them and wait for someone to get caught in my web Dude, she's like four feet tall. Yeah? She's tiny. She is petite. I don't know why, but for a second, you sounded... You were like channeling like some (laughs) Davenport-ish surfer girl. And she has Dude, she's like four feet tall. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, So I picked her up. I put her on my shoulder. She said, Merry (laughs) Christmas, everyone. I like stashed her in my stroller. Um, and then no. we went and got tacos. Like literally, I had to Google it because I had not seen her blonde before. Sure enough, she went blonde earlier this year. Oh, okay. And cool. Don't you read People, Roxy? Talk Come about on. Nondescript. Nobody reads People anymore. Nobody, Nobody reads Inquirer. That's not 65 and over. National Inquirer. <laughs> whatever um, the People app or the People website, whatever the hell so it I uses now. So I was trying to be subtle about it, but I'm freaking out because I get really starstruck around celebrities, right? Yeah. I've had some run ins with famous actors in public, and it goes really awkwardly for me because I don't mm. know whether to approach <laughs> them or, like, you know, ruin my idea of who they are because they could very well be an asshole about you know saying hello back or wanting to like take a picture and that would just kind of like ruin the illusion for me you know like i've taken chances before and i've been lucky when we were in london we actually were having dinner and annette benning was at a table nearby and my stepdad is really not subtle when it comes to shit like this so even though i was trying to be low-key he legit like went up to her and was like hello how are you so (laughs) and that benning is also another bay area local she went to ucsc and to act and uh that's interesting but i met her in london okay so all that to say she was really (laughs) lovely i totally was like okay i could have taken a chance it would have been fine and so what i chose to do was not tell my family until we were like gone (laughs) because i knew that if i told them in that spot they would have like 
basically advanced upon her like a pack of fucking hyenas. Advanced upon her. A, a bunch of like Persian hyenas. Just, oh my god. You know, like, the amount She's a Charlie's of... angel. She could have handled but herself. But she was totally being nondescript. Like, yeah. she had her hoodie on, no makeup. Like, she That's was... That's more suspicious. Not in the mood. I mean, she was talking to her friend. Like, I did not want to interrupt whatever. And her son was there and he's a cute little three-year-old boy and he totally saw Scotty and was like, doggy! And I was like, yes, Acknowledge my dog, I'm very relieved that like was Mama Noberry there because no, it was no, just that would have been my, my parents. And then, um, she would have told friends. her how small she was and tried to feed her. <laughs> <laughs> the point I was gonna make was that I feel like when you're gonna meet a celebrity, um, really you can just err on the fact of just saying hello. Yeah, and honestly, oh, just shit. like let Brian. them. Brian, the tweet storm already. Uh, got, you're fired. Oh. <laughs> you're fired. Sorry, man. <laughs> Mm. No, See you're right, out. Brian. You're totally See right. See your way out. I, I could have totally <laughs> taken a, a you know a polite way about it and just you know waved and say hello, or I could have gone like the total like fan kid way and been like shaking your hand and been like I'm your biggest fan. Huh? Right. Oh my god, like ah, what well, are you doing here? Like I could have gone on the spectrum of reactions. Yeah, I could have gone either way. Well, but I mean, yeah, yeah. It's Christmas Day. Like, right. Totally. You know, I don't know. You know, and yeah, I mean, I feel like. It's, you know, you're going to get people who are like, who will just say hello and they'll just go about their their way or they'll nod at you and they'll just like, you know. Yeah. Honestly, though, I was, I noticed how often I was like gawking at her, basically, and like low key trying to act like I was looking for my dog. Well, Meanwhile, I'm like it, looking now. at her being like, oh, Scotty, where are you? And Scotty's like behind me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> can't be subtle. She's like, who is this crazy woman who doesn't know where her dog is? Seriously. <laughs> who can't locate her dog? Honestly, oh, this poor I would have not have been subtle. I would have been like, like, Lucy Lou, you the bomb in X versus Sever, yo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, um, right? But so, yeah, yeah, so, so my... Stan Lee's dead. And... Oh, oh, Ryan, Jesus. that was not Let a segue. Hey, I Sarah tried here, with the would... segue with the Disney part. You did, and then Sean did it, and I had a perfect, like, intro. And then, like, okay, hang on, hang on. I need to finish my Lucy Lou story. You didn't let me say it in our, our cold open, no. That's with... why I was asking about your Christmas. I thought you were going to ask about mine. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Vent Nobody over. gives a fuck about my Colorado Christmas. Ah! Well, everyone knows. Yeah, that we know. Colorado it was fucking Christmas. white as snow, and like was it was weed. perfect and magical. We and get it. Thanks. It snowed. It wasn't that magical. All I did was drink <laughs> profusely throughout the day, watch movies, which, by the way, I've made peace with Elf now. Oh I God! It. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it all turns out all it, all I needed was Sailor Jerry and my eggnog, <laughs> <laughs> and then it made it so much better. You had your eggnog yeah. prophylactic. Ooh, we we so we did we made we modified the eggnog recipe this year. Oh, ever so Uh-oh. slightly because we didn't we didn't have time to age it. So we're like, this is gonna be as subtle How as a jackhammer when you when it? you when you drink it. So we put a teaspoon of uh, pure vanilla in it, oh. vanilla Ooh. that we had gotten from our honeymoon. Oh. So we put some. Wait, yeah, when it, you say, like, pure vanilla, do you mean you, like, juiced the vanilla, like... Loose? I'm saying none of that extract <laughs> shit. I'm saying it was literally... Shit. It was literally, like, a vanilla pure, like, syrup. Like, they they, they cooked the vanilla pod down, hmm. and the essence of vanilla is Oh, from there. You can only yes. get that shit at, at Johnny V's, which I think is closed now, but you can buy drugs and pure vanilla out of it. <laughs> or, or you can go to where we went, which was a tiny little plantation in the middle of the Dominican Republic, and oh. get it. So that's where we got yeah, it. Yeah, super cheap, right? They're like, what? How no, it actually was. Believe, for the amount we got, it was super cheap, and it was organic, and it was and going directly you, to the farmer. It was fair trade, you, organic, you made a, and you cheap. Made a it was amazing. 
Seriously. Could have made a killing boofing cocaine and bringing it back, Brian. <laughs> it's fucking so cheap there. It's so expensive here. Oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of boofing, Stan Lee died. <laughs> How's that for That's a second, motherfucker? Tell you. That's how it happened. <laughs> no. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We're okay, here to so talk let's about... just. Okay, so we are. Featured segment. Here we go. Um, so we're obviously laughing to keep from crying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. And we never really got a chance to eulogize Mr. Lee. Um, and this is our chance to really do that. Because he, I mean, he's a guy who we can talk about him in the context of film because he was obviously an actor and producer on tons of pretty much the Marvel Universe and as we know it. he was a playwright in the U.S. Army. Um, playwright in the U.S. Army, exactly. Uh, which is weird because he has that kind of that same parallel with Mel Brooks, too. Like Ain't Mel Brooks great? and Sid Caesar, they were all like, were kind of entertainers types. It was the era, man. Yeah. Um, and that's what they did. They kept, they did a little, put on little shows to keep the, the soldiers entertained. Uh, and then did work that didn't involve guns. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, I feel like it's appropriate, even though he's so much more than just a film person. He, yeah. I mean, he is a, a cultural icon at this point. And he just had his 96, what would have been his 96th birthday, yeah, which has been dubbed Excelsior Day. Excelsior Day. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Um, trying to keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we have not processed this as a group as of yet, so, so we're all just like keeping it all extremely reg- like repressed. Yeah. So for those who, <laughs> do you, if you guys don't mind, can I give our listeners a like a super brief summary of Marvel Comics pre Stanley, just so do they understand? It. Okay. Do it. So Marvel Comics, which hadn't of course absorbed that name yet, um, just like a DC didn't wasn't called DC until like the late sixties, early seventies. Marvel Comics had a different name. I was under a different publisher. Um, and Marvel Comics was one title under the publisher. And so the that overall publisher had published earlier comic book pulpier characters. Uh, the original like Human Namor. Torch. The, Namor, the Submariner. And, but the most prominent of those was Captain America. right? And then they killed him off uh, at the end of World War II because yeah. people felt like we don't need superheroes anymore. We're in a new, brave new world. You know, we're trying to rebuild a new world order and all that stuff. So they kind Hello, of fell sir, by the wayside. This is, uh, this is Roger from the research department. It was Timely Comics. Thank timely, you. No, sorry. Timely Publications in Timely Publications. Thank you. Timely Publications. Back to my Stand cave. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Since Dave moved to L.A., we have uh, we, we recruited Roger. We pay him in ramen. Um <laughs> Not even one. My bones are dry. super brittle. <laughs> I don't get nutrition. <laughs> so anyway, um, Stanley had started working there post World War II, uh, and was essentially working there as a writer, doing any kind of stuff they would assign to him. And he was getting ready to quit. He didn't want to do the schlock that they were making him do. So finally, his wife said to him, "Well, if you're going to do something, if you're going to quit." Why don't you ask if you can do one story that for you that that you really wanted to write? Because he wanted to be a science fiction writer. He wanted to be like tell these really great stories. So he pitched this idea about you know uh, four astronauts who go into space and in the process of going into outer space gain superpowers. And like what? All right, I guess go for it. And that was the Fantastic Four, and that basically like launched the Marvel universe as we know it today. And they finally retconned back in all the pre-World War II characters like 
Human Torch, Submariner, yep. and Captain America when they launched the Avengers, uh, which is shortly after that. So, you know, you're talking Fantastic Four. Bam. Then you have Spider-Man right after that. Bam. Then you have... Wait, wasn't X-Men, X-Men next? X-Men shortly after that. Bam. And like oh, okay. w- Within like 10 years, Stan Lee prolifically launched and helped launch an entire universe. I don't want to... I'm sorry. I don't mean to not give credit to Steve Ditko and Jack, Jack Kirby. Kirby. Oh, yeah. And all the other artists and writers who helped him along the way. Mm-hmm. But he single-handedly created a lexicon of characters that we and he also base... stuck with marvel while those guys went around being sluts like all of the artists were for the <laughs> oh. longest time well let's not forget that stanley also worked for dc in the early 2000s too <gasps> that which is... i'll talk to i'll talk about that later Betrayal. um well did he work for them or did he work with them no he i'll, I'll explain uh, let me explain later you have um, some explaining to do so <laughs> <laughs> but the funny, but here's the thing: to bring it to in the context of nerds on film, I mean, the thing that's crazy: this man had so much vision that he was talking to Timely Comics in the late '60s. So we're talking around the time Batman TV show was on the air. Oh. They're like, you know what we should do? We should make these into movies. Mash, and they're mash. like, what? <laughs> they're not making. We're not. No, superhero movies aren't a thing. What? Uh-huh. No. Food. And then they were kind of right because there were some really. Bad. Yeah, well, yeah. There was a bunch. Marvel was notorious for making shitty movies, Aww. shitty adaptations. Like there was the come on, the who's 70s... seen the the Fantastic Four? The early oh, uh, well, horrible. oh my god. So, I mean, you're talking about Jessica Alba? No, he he. Unfortunately, he had to make some crazy concessions because essentially to save Marvel from bankruptcy, Uh-oh. he had to sell the movie rights to all the major characters, and he got he the. the Basically, because he was so desperate to keep Marvel afloat, he made bad deals. He made basically made these deals where these studios could hang on to these characters pretty much forever as long as they made movies by certain tentpole yeah. dates. Mm. Which is so, why they rushed through a terrible Roger Corman-produced Fantastic Four just so they could put it on the It was literally so 20th Century Fox could just keep the rights. They never even intended to, to release it, and that's why they hired Roger Corman, because he's the king of getting something done on time and on budget, whether it's schlock or whether it's brilliant cult classic era filmmaking, that's what he's that's what he's good at. Schlock, so, schlock, and two smoking barrels. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of, I mean, that's a brief, very, very brief mixing, missing over out, uh, overlooking a lot of details uh, about his life. Um, but, I mean, really, we, from 2000 on, Arguably 1998, because I don't think he created Blade, because that's why he wasn't featured in the movie Blade. But really, because of Blade, and therefore because of X-Men, like, we've been enjoying 18 years of higher quality Marvel movies because of this man's contributions. Very true. So maybe what we can do is, I would love to know what your first interaction with Marvel was, what your first interaction was with a thing that Stanley had a hand in creating, because I have, I definitely have a, a moment I want to share. I am sure Roxy, you have one too, hmm. uh, and I know Sean, you and I have one because fucking brothers, we grew up together. Yes, we, we watched a lot of the same shit. <laughs> so I don't know. Does anyone want to go first? Um, I want to go first. You want to go. go first? Sean, go first. Yeah, it'll be super quick. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I think about it, my first thing that I realized it was Marvel was probably, it was a tie maybe between, we had actually rented the terrible 70s made-for-TV Spider-Man movie. (laughs) 
mm. from Video Maniacs because it was like, what? They made a Spider-Man movie? And it was, re- I mean, it's really bad. Even when we were like eight, I was like, this just isn't executed well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then also the cartoons. There were cartoons on that had little vignettes of Stan Lee. So as soon as I knew what Marvel was, I knew Stan Lee was attached. We used to watch the terrible 90s. Was it the late 80s, early 90s Iron Man where he kind of looked like Captain Morgan? Almost, he had like a mullet and like a little swashbuckling a little mustache. Bit. And they worked in like his transformation in Iron Man was a comp- was a three D computer generated um, yeah. animation sequence. Yeah, I remember that. Actually, I think my first memory of a Marvel property and understanding that oh, uh, the X Men cartoon. No, not even that. I forgot about that. Well, yes, there was the X Men cartoon, of course, in nineteen ninety two or nineteen ninety three ish. But there was also. I remember my our aunt Tanya had gotten me for Christmas one year a video cassette that was Spider-Man versus Doctor Doom. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and it was the 70s um Spider-Man TV series that was animated. It was the good one. Nice. Um and it was not the original Spider-Man, Spider-Man. It was the one that came after that. It didn't have that theme song. It had an instrumental theme song. Oh. And so I got introduced to Doctor Doom all of a sudden. Hmm. Obviously, major Marvel villain, sure. Spider-Man, good Spider-Man uh, yeah. storytelling, and that was kind of like, wow, this is different. And like, wait a second, is this in the same world as Superman and Batman? Because I didn't understand that there were two separate universes at that point yeah. of comics. And then finally, I think it was around when we started watching X-Men on the regular. We're like, oh, this isn't the same. Wait, are these? And then when I started to realize that the X-Men appeared on the Spider-Man animated series from the late 90s. Like, oh shit, these worlds are connected. Like, didn't it the idea of actually having a shared universe didn't really dawn on me. Hmm. Well, and they didn't want to touch that. Yeah. I mean, all of the studios, everything was it's every story was completely self-contained. Sure. And I think the first time that you ever got wind that even another superhero existed in the universe is if you weren't a comic book nerd is like when George Clooney in 1997 says, this is why Superman works alone. It was the first time in a Batman movie that someone had mentioned Superman or vice versa. True. I mean, there was a subtle reference to Metropolis in um, Batman Forever, but that was That's not even right. a character. It was, But you're right, it wasn't a character. It wasn't actually calling out another superhero. Exactly. And yeah, and I mean, we knew that obviously in comics, shared universes happened because Justice League obviously wouldn't have been a thing yeah. or Avengers wouldn't have been a thing. But we'd never seen it on TV before. So I remember seeing that happen. And then I also remember watching, do you remember the uh, Incredible Hulk uh, made for TV movies? Oh, fuck yeah. Right? There oh, was yeah. A- like the cr- the Trial of the Incredible Hulk exactly. with, Daredevil? with Daredevil? Exactly. Yeah, that was so dude, good. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going <laughs> to reference. That and there was one with Thor as well. Um, and a really shitty Iron Man episode where he's wearing something even more like shitty than what he made in the cave in the first movie. Oh my god, it looks awful. It looks terrible. It looks like the Danger Will Robinson uh, robot. Yeah, sort of, kind of. <laughs> no, it looks like that mixed with some like Iron Maiden bondage type yeah, contraption. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yet, you know, it really, honestly, it wasn't un- until we had gotten a CD-ROM called How to Draw the Marvel Way. Oh, that's right. In the that late 90s so cool. that I really got to understand that Stan Lee was a personality. I Like, I'd heard, okay, I'd heard about Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. I obviously knew he was the creator. It was that, and honestly, Mallrats. <laughs> Kevin yep. Smith, we owe a huge thank you to because that was the first time we had ever seen him on, on screen before and hearing him And it had perform. to be in a movie with a lady with three nipples. <laughs> well, there's a great story he shares about that because apparently... 
Stan Lee read the script for Mallrats, and it turns out that the producer of Mallrats was a friend of, of Stan Lee's, <laughs> and said that, well, do you want, who is this comic book guy? He said, well, it's written to be like Stan Lee. He said, why don't we just give it to Stan Lee? I know him. I'm like, okay. So he, re- <laughs> uh, he reads it, and then Stan Lee calls him. Uh, and basically, and obviously you can, if you want the full story, just listen to one of Kevin Smith's podcasts about Stanley because he goes into it in explicit detail. Um, but basically, he jokingly said, I can't do this movie. Why? Because this never happened. And if my wife sees this movie, she's going to get super mad at me that this, yeah. that like I was seeing some other woman. And he said, it's a fucking movie, dude. But so she finally said, can you write in a moment where... I'm, I, I reveal that I've actually made the whole thing up. Hmm. And that's where that little scene with T.S. where he says, oh, I based it off of this Spider-Man co- like comic, <laughs> Love Be a Vulture Tonight or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was. And he did it. And he like did it well. Like He apparently yep. was very easy to direct. Like He knew his lines. He was... Um, and I don't know. Just like It's crazy to think that this man was just so creative hmm. that he could be both writer, performer, host commentator like carpenter carpenter sure he could be all these different things at once and it's baker candlestick he was a renaissance man (laughs) he was absolutely a renaissance man you know um roxy what about you yeah or um, vanessa whoever wants to sorry i just rambled i'm so sorry i know i had to stop you beautifully said i okay so my first sort of inkling into i guess the marvel universe which led me to stan was definitely the x-men cartoons of the 90s um, oh yeah and the spider-man cartoons as well uh i spent a lot of saturday mornings watching a lot of those episodes and loving it um i'll never forget when i first was introduced to the um to to rogue even Mm -hmm. she was like the young one you know the teenage one right and so you're just like oh cool she's the rebel like yeah powerful woman you know like me being able to see women portrayed as these really uh empowered characters was something of a benchmark for me when it came to marvel's superheroes Mm -hmm. and that continued right and then of course you know the first spider-man with toby Maguire, just the spectacle of it all and that was you know one of the first if anything that was the first stan lee cameo for a Marvel film, or for at least a uh... well, I mean, he did have a an, did uh, really a can? quick non speaking cameo in X Men. I don't know if he was in X Men Two or not. Okay. No, he's um, he's actually not. And I actually have a full list here of all the movies that he's not in. Okay, well, what was one of the first ones that he did do a cameo in? Because it must I, have been I, the, the first one Spider-Man. of the first ones that he did do. I think he did something crappy from earlier. <laughs> okay, uh, Sean. Right. He might he might have actually been in the seventies one of the seventies nice. like properties. Well you know Possibly, what I mean though. Like, I don't see it here. I know he... he's not actually he wasn't in the Captain America in nineteen ninety. No. Or Howard the Duck. No. Eighties <laughs> Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. He wasn't in any of the Punishers, I think, because they're like, this is all too fucked up. Yeah, he wasn't in any of like the apocryphal nineties. All Marvel that to movies. say all that to say I will say this. I think a major part of his modern legacy was being a part of the Marvel Universe films in that way. That I think a lot of modern viewers look forward to the Stanley cameos. Yeah. There isn't He's a movie in the first I... X-Men, for sure. Okay. There isn't a movie that I don't go to where people don't break out into applause when they see him. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's a thing. It's a thing. And I think that just lent to the, the legacy. But I would say that my most memorable sort of experience with Stan Lee and, and the part of that world was Silicon Valley Comic Con. You know? oh. oh, right, because he helped start it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, last year, 
the convention was held in April, and it was my first one ever, and I had to go because Stan was going to be appearing. And sure enough, he was there, and it was basically touted as, as his last appearance, like, ever, because um, he was quite ill. Mm-hmm. So he was confined to a wheelchair. Um, his team, as it were, were basically this, like, uh, sort of, like, five people deep kind of, like, orbit around him at all times. Because entourage. he needed an entourage, exactly. Um, and I'll tell you this, the attendance level, you know, of last year's was pretty, pretty huge. And well, sure, yeah. Everyone wanted Stan. their first and last chance to exactly. to see him, right? So I opted for a photo op with Stan. And uh, as I was waiting in line, there was a girl, uh, there was two little girls and their dad waiting for their photo op as well. And they were dressed up as princesses and they were drawing pictures for him. And uh, the dad was, you know, talking to me because we were just waiting. And there was a bit of a wait period. And as we're waiting, we're just talking about how, you know, this father and his girls. I mean, the girls were probably like five or six years old. They're pretty little. Um, He loved introducing them to the original Spidey um, cartoon from like back in the day. And I was telling him how I used to love watching it as well. And the girls were so sweet because they, they were drawing like little Spider-Man cartoons themselves. The pictures That's the were cutest thing same. I've ever heard. I know, right? I'm trying to keep it together. It was so sweet. <laughs> so as it came for our turn to go, the girls were like starting to get really excited and their crowns were all crooked. And they were, you know, one of them was even napping for a minute there and like sort of low-key napped like in my lap like it was kind of we kind of became like family um you know we're all bonded together <laughs> like you do at these kind of conventions as you do yes. <laughs> and uh you know i'm helping them get ready because their dad is also getting really excited and he's kind of overwhelmed and they were a very sweet family you know we, we sort of bonded over over a mutual connection and i swear to you guys this whole process of getting a photo op with stan was like a zero to 60 it was so fast it was so high paced it was there was so much energy i mean it was kind of like this i guess the best thing i can equate it to is like basically going to see um an ancient kind of like i hate to say this but kind of like an ancient relic and this is your one time in your life you'll ever see it before it like okay do you guys did you remember seeing Dennis the Menace the the movie that came out back in the with 90s with Walter Matthau yeah with Walter Matthau I fucking love that one do you remember that, that scene where the flower blooms and everyone yes. at the party is like holy shit the flower was about to bloom and then it blooms and then it dies like two seconds later mm-hmm. and this is like you know a once in a lifetime occurrence right and it's a whole big plot point for that movie I don't know why, but I used to watch that movie a lot when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> so did I. Right? It was just one of those, I guess, staples in our, you know, VHS cabinet. Um, Christopher Lloyd is hilarious as, like, the bum that, like... Oh, my God, with the baked beans? Lord knows what his intentions were, but... <laughs> I could never look at baked beans the same way again after that uh. movie. <laughs> just Christopher Lloyd going ham on baked beans. Yeah. Um, Too man. hot? Too hot? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So, honestly, Stan Lee was the orchid. He was only going to be blooming. That for... is the saddest thing. It was really <laughs> sad because as we're approaching him, you see him sitting on this stool and he is so sadly wilted. The man can barely keep his eyes open. Mm-hmm. So there's a handler who essentially is whose responsibility is to stand behind the photographer, 
yelling Stan's name so he can keep his attention for long enough for Stan to keep his eyes open for the pictures. And mind you, these pictures are going a million miles a minute. You only get basically like less than five seconds to stand with him. Your picture's taken. Next person, go. There are thousands of people in line for this man. So he has to, you know, turn these out. Unfortunately, a lot of those pictures had to be retaken a few times because he would have his eyes closed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has his, you know, trademark aviator glasses on as well, but you can totally see because the, they're they're not that tinted. Um, you can see him. He's very fairly weakened. Apparently, he had already been sick before he oh, was about to come. I think he had pneumonia, mm-hmm. um, but he was so committed to coming to the con I mean, he helped start the con with uh, Wozniak, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. that it was like an obligation to him, right? And he even made a video for the fans saying, you know, I'm sorry, like, that I'm not well, but I love you guys. I want to be here for you. Like, this is so important to me, and you guys are so important to me. That's, you know, the gist of his uh, message to the fans, because a lot of people were very concerned. Sure enough, I came up to my for my picture, um, and, you know, I was so nervous just saying, you know, I mean, if you guys can tell I'm not that great around celebrities okay like <laughs> I either completely wilt like a wallflower or I flip out okay so I you know I, I literally like he couldn't even make eye contact with me like wow. the man was frozen I might as well have been taking a picture with a cardboard cutout and I kind of felt like I was he was totally immobile he had no energy it was really heartbreaking actually um (sighs) but i will say this being around him being around the people that were inspired by him those little girls after my picture was taken the girls were ahead of me so they were walking with their dad one of them actually came up to me and gave me a hug uh right before she took back off with her her family that's awesome and that brief moment of us like connecting like that it was really validating because it was like wow one generation to the next you know it's because of stanley he connected us and i know that in, you know in his last few days there there was a lot of controversy there was a lot of um issues going on with his estate with his family with just his legacy being i think tampered with a lot by a lot of false media reports yeah like he um, couldn't i mean i know that he didn't even have access to his verified facebook page somebody stole his fucking blood from the hospital yeah. Like literally, there's some so crazy much, shit happened. Like horrendous controversy happening, and a lot of like family drama, and the man is ill. I mean, for somebody who had such a big legacy and such a you know sort of uh, outer worldly presence in our lives as like comic fans and and fans of pop culture, to see the man and uh, to see the to see him himself, um, it was heartbreaking. It was really sad. But in that way, it kind of helped me go move along in my grief process, I guess, of recognizing that, you know, the man that we know as Stan Lee is is not immortal, but his legacy is. So celebrating the legacy is what I kind of came away with from this convention experience because I got to celebrate it with those girls and their dad. Mm -hmm. And I think that was more special to me than actually meeting the man himself and i have to like remember that instead of getting caught up with the fact that like my meeting the man was really kind of bittersweet and kind of heartbreaking because i saw how defeated he was Mm -hmm. and how unwell he was and that really just like i felt guilty i don't you feel kind of guilty i felt really guilty for being like i'm paying for your like demise no, that's why almost. you shouldn't feel guilty <laughs> because you pay well you i mean know, it's like you know, i don't want to make you feel worse but shit, well, man. no i mean like you said and in his own words he 
he was there because he wanted to be there. Right. The character of Stan Lee is his creation. Remember, his name isn't actually Stan Lee. No, it's Stan Lieberman. <laughs> it's Stan Lieber. It's actually Martin Lieberman. Martin Lieberman. That's and right. Martin Lieberman and Stan Lieber. Excuse me, Martin. Lieber. No, Martin Lieber. Right. Yeah. So Stan, Stan Lee became kind of a fun pen name, and then the sweater with the aviator glasses. That's was his the, that's that, the man that's the man that's, that's the, stan the man stan the man that that's his creation that's yeah. his character that he created so he was there because he wanted to be there you know yeah as weakened as he was he was there and he did his best to be as present as he could yeah um right. so vanessa do you have a story or an experience about stanley that you want to share um well i'll go back to kind of the original I don't have a story about Stanley. Well, then, so, why are you here? Okay. Um, I'll go back to the Jesus. original. I'm kidding. I love well, you for this. I'll, I'll try and bring it back up because Roxy's like trying to depress me I over here. I completely was just Debbie like, Downer wow, this that. is going down a dark rabbit hole. She's like, and that, and like, and that night well, I, I drank gonna, a bottle of vodka. Yes. I, th- I thought about aspirin. trying to lighten the mood by going, at least it didn't turn into a great outdoors situation while you were there. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you remember the great outdoors where all the kids climb up on the old man's wheelchair? Yeah. And, all set, and they're like, oh, yeah, he died two hours ago. The only thing <laughs> I can think about out. that movie is about the steak eating contest. Ew. Oh, my God. And- the 96 ouncer. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, um, my first exposure <laughs> to, um, I guess, anything Marvel that I can remember would also be, you know, Fox Kids, you know, mm. both. Uh, X-Men and the Spider-Man cartoons on Saturdays. Um, my brothers and sisters and I, we would just t- all watch it together. And my mom was a huge fan, too. Nice. So my mom's a big what? fan, What? That's sweet. rad. Yeah, so she, she would Shout watch Spider-Man with us and stuff like that. And also, I would say around the same time would also be the X-Men Sega game. Mm-hmm. My cousins oh, had yeah. that, so I remember watching them play a lot. And then every Wait, was that the X Men and Spider Man together game, or just X Men? It's the scroll, uh, yeah. just the X Men game. That's all. Oh I wait, you mean like the one with I am Colossus, and you just scroll and fight, and it's like the old, <laughs> you, you just uh, you've the like old scroll with the brown. Yeah, you just kept scrolling along the game, like you were it's just beat you picked up. a yeah. character. Yeah, it's called the side scroll. So you're talking about the original Konami, like X Men game with dope. brown Wolverine. Uh, yeah. Costume and then and Nightcrawler and you and fight like Pyro like playing Nightcrawler. as one of the bosses, the Blob and hooded hooded Cyclops to make sure we're in yes, the cowl right. Cyclops. Yes, okay. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That is rad. Yeah, and I mean, I think what's funny is we all have these shared memories, and not funny. I mean, f- cool in a good way. Like it connects us all that we have these all these shared experiences. Oh, it completely that, connects us that bring us together, and you know. I mean, some people are arguing our culture has gotten overly nostalgic and it's because we're running out of ideas or we're doing it to ignore the stresses of being adults or whatever it is. But, I mean, nevertheless, this one man's contributions, this one man's creations created something that we all had an experience of that we, and we all got to share in that together even if we were doing it individually it's an know? epic part of what we affectionately call our modern mythology mm. yeah and how weird is it that he himself is as much of a legend as the characters he created he's the man yeah, yeah that's the it's truth. not on accident he worked no. really <laughs> fucking hard for that you know he already filmed his cameo for endgame mm-hmm. so. apparently they actually filmed several cameos of his so that they could have him 
They have them preloaded. I loved his for cameo the, uh, in, future. in Spider-Verse. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse yet, but it it's good great. to know that he's there. Oh, I want to see it so um, bad. I heard it's amazing. We almost watched it. Y'all are going to love it, you guys. I was actually very surprised because he cameos in Big Hero 6. Because hmm. I, I don't think many people know that that was um, oh, no, it is. a Marvel property. He goes, oh, hey, Uncle Stan. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's kind of cool to see computer animated Stan Lee being himself. Yeah. And... Uh, no, you guys, Spider-Verse's cameo is one of the more emotional ones. It really is lovely. Yeah. Oh, I already had it ruined for me. I kind of, someone explained his cameo, and I was like, that ruined, and they're like, it only kind of ruins the beginning, right? <sighs> well, you know what I will always remember, yeah. too, is uh, the series finale of the 90s uh, Spider-Man animated series. Oh. There is this two-parter where he ends up going into alternate universes, so hmm. he meets Scarlet Spider slash Ben Riley. Yeah. He gets to meet the uh, Iron Spider, not the Iron Spider in the sense that it's the Iron Man armor, but it's a, it's a, basically it's if he became Bruce Wayne, like a billionaire, multi-billionaire who had um, a robotic armor spider suit with a giant robotic spider. Sick. Um, <clears throat> lots of cool ones. And then finally he goes into reality and he meets Stan Lee. And one of the best things that happens is one of the final scenes is... Stan Lee is web slinging with Spider Man. Spider Man's holding him and they're web slinging through New York City together. Uh, which he, and he's talking about the experience of this is how I always imagined it would be like <laughs> when I was writing this, uh, you doing this. So, like, very, very cool, like, mixture, like, very meta, but at the same time, very sentimental because it was the end of that series. You know, it yeah. was. Um, well, it's the end of an pointed. era, that's for damn sure. Yeah. I feel like without Stanley, there would be no Nerdonomy. So we owe him a lot. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's there's some truth to that. Um, Tell me about the Stanley um, DC collab. Oh yes, totally. So in the she was uh, waiting. <laughs> yeah, I bookmarked that shit for real. Sorry. So in the 2000s, the aughts, um, <laughs> the aughts. He Story made time. this deal where with Stan with the DC Comics. He made this deal with the devil. <laughs> where uh, they did because DC, of course, has in their universes the Elseworlds stories, yes. which is they they can basically change the continuity however they like, and it's a self contained storyline, right? So in the Elseworlds label of DC Comics, they did Imagine Stanley. And so uh, what they did was Imagine Stanley creating the DC universe. <laughs> so it was his own take on Superman, his own take on Batman, his own take on Wonder Woman, The Flash. Were these um, all single issues or are they all miniseries? They were kind of like <laughs> these stories, but they eventually did all interconnect and they eventually did imagine Stanley creating the Justice League. So um, what I thought was, was really- Was it better? So here's the thing. So Superman is like a human who has been enhanced with alien technology. Wow. Um, and again, he has similar powers. He has the logo and all that stuff. Uh, Batman, which I think is really, really cool. First off, Batman's African-American. Nice. And he is a wealthy, self-made celebrity who has been convicted of a crime and he's trying to prove his innocence. Hey. So he adopts the Batman character for that. I see what you did there. Um, Flash is like a teenage girl, which I thought was super cool. Um, <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I can't remember how far I read into it, but uh, it was just, it was very, it was like, it was very much like you can tell that this. Everyone, every single character had their own flavor of Stan Lee. Sure. Marvel. And the thing about Stan Lee is he always, he tried to, even though he was obviously dealing with very high fantasy, he always tried to ground his concepts in some semblance of reality. And I right? think that's what makes Marvel more successful. 
in yeah. a lot of their stories. Well, telling. his biggest beef with Superman, not so much the mythological element, was how did he fly? How, what was his means of propulsion? So, like, the way Superman flies in the comic books has something to do with the technology that he's using, the mm-hmm. alien technology he's using that allows him so to that's, do that. So that's him working straight up for DC. Hmm. Yeah. So DC, because he in other words, with paid DC him. With the, um, wasn't he part, or did he spearhead the Amalgam Comics thing from the 90s? Ah. Uh, where they mixed, you know, the best of you had Super Spider Boy, which was Superman and Spider Man mixed together. I think Bat- he... Dark Claw, which was <clears throat> Batman and Wolverine mixed together. Yeah, I th- I know what you're talking about. I think he had taken a step back from DC, from sorry, from Marvel Comics at that point. He was probably more involved with Marvel Entertainment. Okay. Um, so I mean, obviously there was a division, and then of course Marvel got bought by Toy Biz in the late '90s, and yes, uh, Avi Arad, uh, who was the CEO of Toy Biz became the CEO of Marvel and then decided to really like go with Stan's vision and start to pursue making um, movies. And that's why on a lot of the early 2000s, everything pre-Iron Man, uh, you'll notice that Stanley and Avi Arad are executive producers on almost all those films. Oh, yeah. And it was cool. because of their vision of trying to get these movies out there. Hmm. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, I don't know if Stanley had much to do with the amalgam stuff because that was also on the heels of the DC versus Marvel crossovers where like literally literally they were pitting DC characters versus Marvel characters as a fun like fan event Um, and I know for sure that later on in their um, when they did Avengers and Justice League crossover um, he had nothing to do with that either Uh, of course and that was when we saw like a decline in comic book reading and comic book but like this is when comic books were starting to really slow down Mm -hmm. and that's why they were doing things like that to try to keep readers Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Because as you see the rise of television, you go from the 80s where television blows up, essentially. Yeah. You have cable comes out. You have breakthroughs like CNN being the first ones to have like 24-hour news. People had so many other distractions, especially television, that like everybody was stopping reading books, too. It was, uh, And I mean, it's even less now today. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and now Marvel and DC both have created these subscription services whether it's Marvel Unlimited or DC Universe, and they're both essentially the same thing. It's it's a premium access to all of their content for a monthly fee. DC is taking one step further because they're making scripted video content mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, Marvel is kind of like you can watch certain shows that I think are they've like put it in their library, but they haven't like as far as I know, Marvel Unlimited hasn't made anything exclusively for that service. They're working through the Disney ABC yeah. machine to produce their content. And I don't think that <clears throat> Disney's going to get, like all the shows that have been produced on Netflix, I'm pretty sure that their contracts say that those live on Netflix for the foreseeable future. So if they do take the characters and do new stuff, they can do that on the new streaming service. But all the stuff that was Netflix-based, I think a lot of it is stuck there, especially the earlier stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that Netflix likes to have is even if they cancel a show, it's still available for people to to still enjoy. I don't think they've taken any of their content that they've canceled off of Netflix. I think they just make it harder to find. Fuck no. If they got of rid of Daredevil, I would burn that fucking office building. To the <laughs> I need to be able to watch Daredevil whenever I want. And uh, if you are a federal agent, uh, you can find Sean at... <laughs> I will burn your office on the ground and I will drink the blood of your... Uh, Rabbits. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so that's an interesting segue. <laughs> I'm gonna need a list of everybody at rabbit Netflix blood. with a pet rabbit. I know it'll only be a few. I'm lazy. Um, Tell me about the rabbits, George. 
<laughs> Tell me about the rabbits, George. Oh my God, Jesus! Now that's wow. I just got this horribly dark image in my in my head. Uh, what of you and Sean being Mo and Curly? No, no, no. <laughs> or no, Mo. Uh, what are the characters? George and um, Lenny. 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 That's Mo and Curly. And <laughs> of my I'm getting men. all my references fucked up today. Merry Christmas, folks. No, no, it was it was the Hulk being Lenny and saying, "Tell me about the rabbits, George." And Stanley, like, "I'll tell you about the rabbits, oh, George." No. no, Thanos. It's <laughs> Thanos being that, and he snaps his fingers. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Someone should paint face. that. Just <laughs> Stanley shooting the Hulk in the back of the head in a field, wearing period perfect clothing. Not that it, not that the bolt would actually kill him because he'll just bounce off. Exactly. Oh, uh, as we found out in Avengers, oh, I put a bullet in my mouth and the other guy spit it out. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, in light of this lurid tale, why don't we get to feedback? <laughs> yeah, why don't we? Listener feedback. Yeah. So, uh, it is unfortunately a little late in the season, but John Cutting gave us some amazingly Bad movie mashups with a Christmas theme to them. Yes, they Do were it. wonderful. They Please were wonderful. list them off so that I may laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so my, I make take pleasure. Yes. Um, I'm just pulling up my pins here. court jester. Why oh, we I will paint it? the roads with your entrails. <laughs> what? Jesus. I don't know. I, I do know, have, while you're looking for that, I can quickly read uh, feedback that we got from one of our listeners, uh, Tanya. Of Hell M. Yeah. She says that she's listening to our podcast, specifically the episode on toxic fandom, and she couldn't agree more with what you all are saying. I really love that episode because it really speaks to how terrified she is of pop culture because of fandoms. <laughs> and she says that she liked how um, we talked about social, having social skills and teaching communication difficult, uh, teaching um, communicating difficult subjects you have to st- uh, wait hold on um, uh, uh, talking about how teaching communicating difficult subjects starting with kids is important and thinking it's awesome people can share their trauma and opinions without traumatizing others hmm. there's something to say that is valuable in all of that yes. very much so <laughs> Uh, so thanks, Tanya. I also want to do a quick one because we've actually, unfortunately, we've kept ignoring this. This is from late September. Oh! Uh, what? That's yes. a doozy. Yeah, no kidding. It's uh, one of those and, ones you keep saying, oh, we'll do, we'll get to that next episode. And it's because it was... This person already stopped listening and hates us. They're no, not even going to hear done that. But, um, <laughs> Who's it from? She was, she, it's from Elizabeth Marie. She's uh, messaged us numerous times uh, via our Facebook page. And See? I would like to read her... Uh, feedback to us. Hi, nerds. I was wondering what you all consider a classic movie. My mom and I were having this conversation earlier, and I had a wildly and th- we had wildly different ideas as to what is a classic. Air quotes. Uh, to me, any movie that is at least twenty years old and has achieved either critical or mass success qualifies. My mom, however, believes that nothing newer than fifty years old can be a classic. Uh, mm. This surprised me because that means movies like Grease. Saturday Night Fever, uh, The Breakfast Club, 
and Titanic hmm. are now technically classics. In what world is Titanic not a classic? That just doesn't make sense to me. I don't remember if you guys have done an episode on this, but I thought that would totally be up your alley. What criteria do you use to decide whether a movie is a classic? Also, what modern movies should be one day be considered a classic? First, a first of all, I'll question. just address I'll just address Elizabeth's mother. She's she's old as fuck, so she doesn't want to consider anything new. <laughs> which she sees as new, like you know, that's why when people go, yeah, it's classic rock by the Goo Goo Dolls. I'm like, shut your mouth. Yep. That's new <laughs> shit. Green Day is now playing on my classic rock station. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. we have a 98.5 K-Fox in this area. And yeah, Green Day is now, Green Day and Pearl Jam from the 90s is now getting, Nirvana is now getting. Yeah, the exactly. 80s were still only 20 years ago, right? Yeah, that's great. That is a wonderful. Years ago, wow. That is a wonderful episode topic. I think we should definitely address it, and I don't think it'd be fair for us to answer that question right here, especially not with Gina being available to um... at our disposal. Exactly. So uh, we will definitely consider that in the near future, especially as we're getting into Oscar season, because that's no, it's great for us to be nostalgic and just talk about movies. Did you still want to do John Cuddy's Christmas? I feel like the credibility and the giving a shit about the Oscars is dwindling every fucking year. With you know culture. what, Sean? I have to agree with you on that. This is the first season that I'm actually not really looking forward that I'm much I'm kind of ready to tell them to fuck right the fuck off. It's... I'm going to start... Let's start doing a live stream of the MTV Movie Awards. I'll have to ask this all the way. Oh it's really God. funny. So, um, Best on-screen duo. Brian and I uh, were hanging out with some friends last night that uh, are some of our buddies for the AMC Showcase every well, year. Uh, Andrew and Haley... We're oh, on the Oscar on episode, right. right? So, so friends of the show. Um, anyway, uh, we were actually had this come up in conversation. We're just like, you know what? I just, I don't know if there's anything this year that I really am excited to see go to Oscars. Uh-huh. I just, I think it's, it's kind all of duplicates a- of last year. Yeah, I don't. You know. don't want to see Clint Eastwood get nominated for Best Director again, again. for driving drugs to the border <laughs> or from I'd the border, see whatever. The chair he yelled at at the Republican convention get nominated for Best Director <laughs> than his old crusty ass. Okay, that's how I feel about Clint Eastwood. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't have anything bad to say about him, but I just kind of think he's ready. He should retire at this point. Yeah, I think he should. I think he's fucking awesome. Like I, uh, Gran Torino is like one of the best films of the last. 10 that years. was really good. Ugh. Yeah, um, I did want to. You didn't end. like Gran Torino? <sighs> Trigger worthy. What? God, you guys are terrible. I, uh, I disagree with this politics. So fuck everything. He no, no, ever no, 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 no. I don't like lived. Gran Torino. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with the fact that that. He's a Republican. No, that movie Nothing just is that hard for me to watch because it's super trigger worthy. Like, there's too much like violence in that movie that I just do not. I can't oh, okay. gel with. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, in certain, yeah, I also like watch all the horror movies. Okay, fair. So, yeah, like I'm pretty much. But it's not a horror movie though. It's this is it's seriously. It's a horror movie if you're Korean. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Uh, so I want to end on, even though this is a little bit late for Christmas, we do want to read this out. Hmm. Uh, they are John Cutting's Christmas movie mashups. He we says, take turns reading them. Sure. Uh, it says, nerds, tis the season I have decided to make a few mashups for all for you all during the holidays. There are a few Christmas-related mashups as well. I'll start since I've started reading it. It's a Wonderful Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Uh... <laughs> 
An angel is sent from heaven to help a struggling oceanographer exact revenge on a mythical shark. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dodgeball, a true underdog Christmas story. In the 1940s, a young boy named Ralphie enters the Las Vegas Dodgeball Tournament in order to win a Red Ryder BB gun. Wow. <laughs> That's a shitty prize. Don't do that one. Oh, am I doing one? Go for it. Okay. Um, the Christmas Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> <laughs> Kate and Teddy Pierce's Christmas Eve plan to catch Santa Claus on camera turns into an unexpected journey when they get involved with a wanted criminal named Riddick and an invading empire called the Necromongers that plans to convert or kill all humans in the universe. Wow. I dig it. I want to see it. Next would be the Miracle Wolf of 34th Street. <laughs> oh, no. A nice old man who claims to be Santa Claus rises to be a wealthy stockbroker living the high life until his fall involving crime, corruption, the federal government, and blowing cocaine in hookers' assholes. I was going to say. didn't put that part at the end, scene, but I feel like I wanted to add it. I mean, a scene where Santa Claus on Quaaludes tries to ride the sleigh with reindeer down the street God. of the North Pole sounds... <laughs> <laughs> trying to ride reindeer on quaaludes. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, and Santa and Santa has these uh, these like meetings where they're tossing elves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then there's uh, these uh, non-Christmas mashups. Uh, Rogue One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Jesus. The daughter of an imperial scientist pleads insanity. Once in the mental institution, she revels against the oppressive rulers and rallies. Uh, the scared patients to steal the Death Star plane. Oh my god, that's great. I have to read this And this, this next one. one's my favorite. Seriously. The Requiem for a Field of Dreams. Oh god. The drug-induced <laughs> utopias of four Coney Island people are shattered when their drug addictions cause them to hear voices, build a baseball diamond, and summon the 1919 <laughs> Chicago White Sox. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> Just I could see I could see shoeless Joe Jackson holding up a bat going, Now you're gonna go ass to ass, baby. Oh. Ass to ass. And Kevin Costner volunteers for the big end. And just as just before he's about to play catch with his dad, he freaks out, his arm gets gangrenous and they have to amputate so you can never play catch again. Um, before he can play. Meanwhile, the wife is just meandering around going, I'm gonna be on television. <laughs> I'm gonna be on television. Um, as an, so answer. he finishes. Uh, as an aside, I want to see a biopic about Saint Nicholas from history. Mm-hmm. the The movie should include the scene where Nick, Santa slaps the crap out of Arius at the Council of Nicaea for questioning the divinity of Jesus. Hey, Arius, <laughs> ho ho! This so fun history <laughs> fact. So um, Saint Nicholas of Myra was uh, was a bishop, obviously, and he was a bishop who was featured at the Council of Nicaea, which basically formalized a lot of Christianity, but more officially established the divinity of Jesus. And there was this dude named Arius who was saying, well, Jesus is sort of divine, but he's not God. And St. Nicholas was so offended, so pissed off by this dude, he literally slapped the dude in front of a bunch of other bishops for it. And they they put him in jail for that. (laughs) This is, again, this is after Christianity was legalized. So it wasn't illegal that he was a Christian. It was illegal that he slapped a motherfucker in the middle of of an ecclesiastical council. Damn, Um, son. But they can fuck kids and nobody goes to jail. Miraculous. You went there. Um, I'm like saying, if a slap gets you put in prison, how about imprisoning all the rapists? Hmm. Uh, Don't disagree with you, but... um, (laughs) 
So, thank you, John. We really appreciate that. You're a genius, John Cutting. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, speaking of this amazing feedback, if you want to be a feedback, Wait, no, no, no. No. Roxy, I think that in this feedback segment, we should actually read some things from the Neuronomy thread. <gasps> oh, oh, shit. shit. Roxy right. screenshotted and sent me and was like, we should read these. And I said, yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, welcome to a pulling back the curtain nerdonomy reading of the unofficial official nerdonomy text thread. Can you send me these was two? It, so I was have it in context. the nerds 4.0 or was it in the nerd nerds on film one specifically? Oh shit! It was in the nerds. Uh, 4.0. Oh, you screenshotted all of them. I did. I did. Oh wait, is oh, this so the the Mission Impossible titles? No, this oh. is the Days of the Week titles. Oh my god! Okay. Um, okay, so Sean and I kind of went off of a little tangent. Um, and what else is new? How did we start <laughs> this, Sean? Do you remember? It's Sean. I'm Sean. I'm. Fr- it's a Friday night. My wife is at work. I'm bored. <laughs> and we're gonna start some shit. Did you? Is this all of them? Those two photos that you sent me? Is it all of them? Those are the ones I don't have the context. No, because I remember at the top it. there's one was Porno Wednesdays and Gravy Trumpet Thursdays. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. So then I then I countered with Fuckem Funny Fridays. <laughs> That's where people fuck on laughing gas like for a while. That's what I said. <laughs> and then I said stick it in her butt Sundays. My favorite. <laughs> Missionary Mondays because Mondays are boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then I said Gat in the Slat Saturday, which involves guns, and it's bad. We don't want to talk about that. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I went, eh. and then he said, uh, and right, that's where you, wait, what did you, keep going. Sean. No, I'm sorry. I got to go back to the other photo. Fo- I have to go back to the other photo. It's on the next okay, one. Okay, there we go. Oh, yeah, Gat in the Slat Saturday. That's where NRA, that's a, where NRA swinger clubs fuck each other with loaded guns. That's what Gat I, in the Slat Saturday was. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I said uh, my final one was tootin' her twat Tuesdays. Um, well, Sean, since, Sean says it's a weird fetish, and I said, you are, Sean. Since you've opened this can of worms, I happen to have pulled up all the screenshots from... Just after Thanksgiving, where we had we went on a little game oh, of dude. trying to rename a series oh! of Mission Impossible sequels. <laughs> oh, yeah! Can you send it to all of us so we could go through and, and have to take turns? We have to do it on the next one, though. I don't think we have enough time. Okay, that's fine. So we'll we will. That's a little. So just know that the next episode, guys, that's what's coming. It's gonna be okay. wanting more. Yeah, <laughs> we, as we I pull back the curtain more. and yeah. reveal how insane. Uh, members of society we are so but in the meantime if you want to be a feedbacker what you can do is you can go to deuteronomy.com and click on that talk to us link where you will find a way to both send us a feedback form that goes all to our emails also write us a letter and send us a voicemail all those links are now under the talk to us link i've done some reorganizing on the site recently while you're at nerdonomy.com you 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 can also do to support us is to buy a t-shirt we have a few Varieties available there. And also, you can give us a donation. No amount is too small. No amount is too large. Um, no job is too big. No fee is too big. <laughs> <laughs> we don't uh, use the money for anything else other than keeping the podcasts going, to be totally honest. Um, but the most important thing you can do is spread the word of nerd like a bird turd. <laughs> Tell your friends, family, clergymen, uh, elected officials, uh, boss. Co-workers, officers, uh, <laughs> child school teacher, um, anybody really that you have a passing relationship with about Former this college podcast. Roommates. 
Baristas. 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 It's true. Hey, I, I turned two more Pharmacists. people onto the podcast last night. Nice. By Parking just mentioning attendants. It. So, uh, there Architects. you have it. Are we just naming so, jobs now? Uh, anyway, guys, we got to go uh, because we're having too much fun. But mm-hmm. until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. Bye. Peace. Bye. Later. And roll credits. Famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Hey, fellas, wait, where are you going? Hey, you were supposed to be my lift home. How will I get out of here? Hey, oh, gee, I got so many more stories to tell. Eh, uh, guys, ah, oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Rest in peace, Stanley. So sad. I just imagine, like, the hooker walking away from that point. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he ever cheated on his wife. What do you mean, hooker? But... It was multiple male hookers all <laughs> leaving after uh, circle jerking on Stan Lee. I'm turning your mic off now.